Hey everyone, this is Jason Shepard, and you're listening to the Commercial Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. I've always taught not to flare on landing. Hey, Commercial Pilot Podcast listeners, Jason here. Welcome to the Commercial Pilot Podcast. You are just embarking on such an amazing journey with this M0A family, with this M0A nation. Blessed and excited to have you here. Hopefully you got a chance to check out this week's video called Don't Flare on Landing. And I would say if there's ever a topic I get the most haters on, and there are plenty of haters out there in this world, um, it is the topic uh, that I teach not to flare on landing. But when you hear me out on this, you'll realize it's not as crazy as it sounds, and it's actually rooted in a lot of research, many, many thousands of hours in the cockpit, and there's a little bit of learning psychology uh, from the fundamentals of instruction rooted in there as well. Where did all this come from, by the way, this idea of me teaching not to flare on landing? Well, if you saw the video, you saw me really bounce in 2-3 Mike Zulu and it broke my heart. What you didn't see behind the scenes is I literally got out of that airplane afterwards. I was like checking the tail, checking the tie-down hook, checking underneath the wheel pants. I'm like, did I hurt this thing? And thank goodness we didn't. But boy, um, it was a hard landing as uh, as many of you perhaps saw um, in, uh, in the actual video on Facebook and on YouTube. The reason I teach, I didn't get a chance to explain this further because YouTube and Facebook have to be so clear, so concise. These podcasts give me a chance to expand really on on not just the week's videos, but on these larger topics. And many of you don't know this story. Um, So really where I made my mark early on in flight training was you know when you're a when you're a green flight instructor and when I say that I mean a super new flight instructor it was kind of difficult to get students um, I, I tried all the things competed on price right that's not the right business strategy but I was 18 years old you know what did I know about business let alone flight instruction and then to combine the two right um, I was kind of built a reputation as the flight instructor that would take any student, initially, and then I kind of made that my niche where, hey, other flight instructors, if you have what we'll call a problem student, send me your problem student. I want your problem students. And usually other flight instructors, every flight instructor's had that problem student. I imagine if you're working on your commercial, you aspire to one day go on to become uh, a CFI. You're gonna have your own share of problem students one day as well, I promise. But I used to ask instructors, hey, send me your problem students. Send me the ones that you just don't know what to do with. They're 60 hours and haven't soloed yet. I want those students. So I would take on those students and I, I would work with them to really help them improve usually it was their landings and i remember i was working with a student really really nice guy still buddies with him uh, to this day and we were working on his pattern work and he was the same thing many hours hadn't soloed yet no instructor um, in jacksonville could really figure out why i was in jacksonville florida at the time so he came to me and said jason can i just do an hour with you i heard you kind of have this reputation for getting students who struggle with landings to figure landings out So he came to me for a lesson and we did it in his airplane, I believe. And we came out, we're going around the pattern and I'm looking, going, man, this pattern is solid. The radio communications were really good. I'm thinking this, this, what is the problem here? 
uh, great pattern, managing air speeds, all the stuff I now teach, right, for the secret of perfect landings, which you hopefully have been watching that series now. All these things we teach, and he came around, and we're on final. Life is looking good. We are tracking center line. Speed is good. Flat management, checklist usage. It's like this, this guy should have sold a long time ago. I don't see the problem here. And then we get down to about 25 feet above the runway. And I, I'm, a, I'm the kind of person that thinks out loud, talks out loud, teaches obviously very out loud as well. And I'm talking him through the perfect pattern. I'm talking him through to when to turn base, when to turn final, just trying to help. And then eventually we get down about 25 feet above the runway. I say, okay, now's a good time to flare. And I use the word flare. And I promise you, I cannot make this up. This gentleman, he took those both hands on the yoke for whatever reason that yoke all the way on back to his gut feet he was a, he was a shorter gentleman feet locked out like knees locked out on the pedals and we went up 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 probably climbed to about 45 50 feet i just went down to the throttle smoothly applied some full power and that was our go around from there and we came back around and this time i showed him what i was looking for and we talked about it later in our post flight brief i said hey um you know, I'm a big fan of direct communication, so I'm not going to sugarcoat it here. But you, you know, what was what was up with that? What what triggered you to to do that at 25 feet above the runway to pull the yoke all the way back to your chest like that? He said, "Well, Jason, you told me to flare." I said, "Yeah, I understand. I told you to flare, but, but what what is your idea of flare? What what does that mean to you?" I said, "Well, Jason, when I think of flare." At the time, the space shuttle was still flying. So uh, it tells you how long ago this was now. He says, the space shuttle, when it comes into land, the, the announcers you know, on the news or the, the reporters on the news always say, hey, and you can see the space shuttle in its flare now. And it would hit on the mains and the parachutes would come out. And it would hold. It would do the longest wheelie down that runway you would see forever, it would seem like. He said, when I'm on the airliner, I can always tell when I'm sitting in the front, we're so much higher than the people in the back on landing because we flare. And I picture the 747 flaring. I picture the space shuttle flaring. And it clicked for me. Our perception of what a flare is, is the space shuttle. For those who remember watching the space shuttle land, it is watching a 747, a 707, a 757, whatever it is, flare on landing. A 172 doesn't flare on landing. Now, a 172 by no means has a three-point landing. A 172 still touches the mains down, followed shortly thereafter by the nose unless we are practicing a true short field technique i thought wow why what can i do to replace this word flare because this gentleman has this this negative connotation of what it means to flare in his mind and it's causing him to pitch the nose up so much that he's just looking at the sky. It's like we're doing a power off stall and we're about to do a power off stall just at 25 feet above the runway plus a little bit he climbed up in the process and I got to thinking, wow, you should never be in a position where you can't see down the runway on landing because then you're just guessing when the ground is coming, right? You're feeling for the ground. This isn't like a night landing with no landing light. You're not feeling for the ground with this. You need to always be in control. You need to fly that airplane all the way to the hangar. And if you're just flaring on landing, you're kind of giving up and you're at the mercy of gravity at that point because the ground is coming. So I got to thinking, wow, why? What word can I use? And then the word hit me. We transition. Transition to what, you say? We transition to slow flight down the runway. Hear me out on this. 
why do we practice slow flight? For so long, I taught and thought we practice slow flight, well, to get better at controlling its airplane at its MCA, minimum controllable airspeed. We used to do it in the PTS days, hanging on the stall warning horn, basically. Now, that is frowned upon thanks to the ACS, but you know that's a podcast topic for another day, perhaps. Um, now, when we practice slow flight, we practice slow flight to get better at landings. We practice slow flight to realize how sloppy the controls are. Have you ever been in slow flight and taken the ailerons? Like you can move, you can deflect them 45 degrees other side and the ailerons just don't do that much, do they? The elevator's not that effective. The rudder's pretty effective, but the elevator's just not that effective either in slow flight. And you see, right before you touch down, you are in slow flight. The problem is you're only there for about five to 10 seconds and then bam, you've landed. We practice slow flight to really keep that momentum going, to keep feeling what that airplane feels like. This is why I opened up the Secret to Perfect Landing series by talking about the power of slow flight down the runway. Because you extend that time and ground effect. And slow, slow flight with ground effect is gonna feel much different than slow flight at altitude. Not a lot, but it's enough that it's worth practicing on its own. Slow flight down the runway will help you improve when you transition and where you put your eyes. Because where you put your eyes is so crucial. Your eyes need to look down that runway. 1,000 feet, 2,000 feet. I don't care. Look towards the tree line if you want to go that far. But if you've ever found the ground sneaking up on you, it's because you're looking just barely through the propeller. You're looking too close over the nose at the next centerline stripe. You need to look way, way, way down that runway. As you transition the nose up, you also transition your eyes down that runway. That is what I want you working towards and working on. And boy, that can be so difficult to actually do sometimes, but it's something I need you to start to practice. I need you to ditch the word flare from your vocabulary because the space shuttle flares, a 747 coming into land flares, a 172 doesn't flare. A 172 simply just transitions. It transitions to slow flight. Act like you wanna fly slow flight, but keep the power coming back so you eventually just go ahead and kiss that runway. You should never find yourself in a position I don't care how tall or how short you are, you should never find yourself in a position where you cannot see down that runway. If that's the case, you have pitched this nose up way, way too high. So I need you to work through that and to focus on that as well. Missouri Nation, you are such a blessing to myself and this family here at m0a.com. Um, thank you for just finding time and different ways to better yourself. I hope it doesn't stop with the podcast for you. I hope you're also checking out our amazing YouTube videos, Facebook videos. You're following us there. Maybe you're watching this. This is a video as well on YouTube and on Facebook. It's however you consume that. We are just trying to get out there as many ways as possible to get you that great content to consume. I hope you'll consider m0a.com when it comes time for that next certificate that next rating whatever it may be you know how much love and effort goes into the products that we create and produce at the end of the day we do it for you all 
So thank you so much. Thank you for being a blessing to our family and welcome to the M0A family. Hey, listen, family takes care of family. And we are in some crazy times right now. If there is anything myself or this amazing team here at M0A.com can do to better serve you, please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And most importantly, remember, the good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you.